Thanks, Sarah. Um, hi, everyone. Lovely people. Have a look around. This, what you're looking at is the body of Christ. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Maybe say to someone, oh, my body looks good this morning. <laughs> That's something we don't often say to each other. So, yeah, this is exciting. And the last two weeks, Ben and Andrew have been talking to us about the body of Christ and how we are that body. And Andrew beautifully showed us that Christ is the head and that he literally has no other body on earth but us. And he said that Jesus' physical body died, but it was resurrected as his church, filled with his spirit, and his body is us, left on earth to do his works. And we see that somehow, for some reason, Almighty God has limited his power to working through us. Or not limited his power, but he's limited himself by working through us. It's amazing. Um, one of my big takeaways from Andrew's talk two weeks ago was that Jesus called his disciples to be with him first, and then he sent them out. And I feel like that's a real word, definitely for me, but probably for all of us. Come and be with me, and then I'll send you out from there. And then Ben challenged us to overcome some of the things in the way of our, of our moving, some of the things in our head. Maybe we're Pride, prideful and think, well, I don't, I'm, I've got this. I don't need the rest of you. Or maybe, more likely, we feel insignificant, like, well, this is for someone else, not me. And, and Ben was saying, no, we all have a part to play in the body. Paul's teaching says that we're all needed and all essential for the functioning of the body of Christ on earth. The encouraging thing for me is that when Jesus began teaching it was to groups of fairly insignificant people on the hillsides of Judea. He didn't go to the political or religious or academic elite. And I think that's good news for most of us. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29, just to remind you, says this. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were, what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So the exciting bit is that no matter how you're feeling this morning, you're included. Whether you're feeling weak or foolish or not noble or whatever, you are included. You have a part to play. And he spoke, Jesus did, about the kingdom of heaven being at hand, being right there, being graspable. And he said, here it is. And then he demonstrated it in signs and wonders. He healed sick bodies. He got rid of demons. He created magic food. He restored the outcast to relationship. And he called regular people to follow him in doing the same things. And this is our mission on earth. This is our mission here at St. Peter's to play our part in bringing heaven to Southeast London. That's our corporate vision, and we're doing that alongside other churches in Southeast London who are doing the same thing. But it's also a call to us as individuals. How do I play my part in bringing heaven to earth where I am? And how do I know what my part is? 
how do I find the purpose that God's created me for? We had that whole thing uh, on the body last week. You know, just because I'm not an ear doesn't mean I'm not helpful. And so this is kind of, how do I figure out if I'm a toe or a liver? Like, how, how do I figure out what I am and what I'm doing? Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So this is also exciting. He's got a plan for you. He has a part for you to play. And he planned this in advance. So you have a part in bringing heaven to earth. So we can rest in this, in his plans for us, that he's, he's got them. He's got them planned out. And we just need to probably relax and cooperate. Um, what I loved about what Ben did last week, and I don't know if you know how unusual this is, but he said, following the the purposes of God does not mean collapsing your life into church. Um, the things that we do in this building will not be enough to build the kingdom in Southeast London. Okay, We're only here together for, what, two hours a week? That's not going to be enough. But instead, this is a great place to learn and to practice sharing good news with people so that you can get out there and do it on your street, in your school, in your workplace. Okay. This is a great place. If you want to get better at um, sharing the gospel with people, come and join one of our prayer and kindness teams that operate on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's a safe space to be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. How are you? Can I get you a cup of tea? Tell me about your week. How are you going? And invariably, somebody says, oh, I've got a really bad hip. Oh, can I pray for your hip? Oh, my daughter's really struggling at school. Can we pray about that? Um, Oh, and I think I have a word from God. I have this picture for you. Can I give that to you? This is a safe space to practice that kind of stuff so that when your colleague at work says, I don't know what to do about my whatever situation, that, you can, that you're practiced and you're confident and you're less terrified because it's scary, but you're less terrified because you've practiced here, right? So church is a great place to practice doing lots of things so that when we're out in the real world, we can do these things. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, we do need help running Sundays and other events. Um, please sign up for the kids team. Okay, everyone? But um, Sundays are really meant to be the place that we come together to share all the good things that God's been doing in the week. With our neighbors, in our schools, in our workplaces, we come together to celebrate these and then to minister to each other where we've had hard times so we can go back out there and keep going. Yeah? So it was so generous of Elaine. Where's Elaine? Oh, yeah. It was so generous of Elaine to share her testimony with, uh, with us, really vulnerable, where she's really had a hard time and been struggling. And I'll bet there are people here who've been like, oh, I needed to hear that. Yeah? So we come together to share, look, this is the goodness of God. doesn't mean it was the ease of God. That was not easy. But we come together, we share his goodness, and we, can, we have courage to go on and keep going and keep being his body in the earth. Um, so here's the question. How do I know what I'm meant to be doing? And how do I get started? Well, I think the first and simplest answer to this question is, is there, so there are some things that we are all called to do the moment we decide to follow Jesus. This is what I call the, the main and plain of the gospel. What things are mainly said over and over again? What things are plainly on view? What things are we all called to do? 
there's a bit of a movement in the charismatic world of like, I have to find my destiny. And I think that's right. I think God does have a destiny for all of us. But there are also just some plain things we're all called to do and walk in obedience to. And I believe we find our destiny once we've done the the boring stuff. It's not boring at all. It's really exciting. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I mean, once we're doing the stuff that we're all called to do. Um, one of the things is to love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And the other is to love our neighbor as ourself. I mean, if we were all doing all of those things, wouldn't the world be transformed? Wouldn't our neighborhood be transformed? So he takes us from this place of being with him, loving him with all our heart and soul, and then he gives us his authority and he sends us out to let other people know about his beautiful kingdom, to let other people know that they can have that same relationship with him. So right before he ascended to heaven, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. This is one of the main and plains of the gospel. This is what we're all meant to be doing doesn't mean we all go off as missionaries somewhere, but it just means where are you? What can you do there? Okay, and Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says this, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. What good news is that? The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. What does that look like in my office? What does it mean to drive out demons in my office? I don't know. You're going to have to work with God on that. But this is what we're all meant to be doing. Our main activity is not, sorry to say this, to invite people to church. Although do go on doing that. But that's not our main activity. Okay, because that's only a couple hours a week. Our main activity is to be partnering with the Holy Spirit Monday to Saturday to figure out what good news looks like for each person we meet. So the gospel is good news, right? So what does good news look like? It's going to be different for each person that we meet. What is good news for an exhausted mother of toddlers? Some of you know better than me. What is good news for your really angry boss? He obviously needs some good news. It might have been she, but yeah, all right. What is good news for your next door neighbors who are struggling to hold their marriage together? What is it for the unwell, isolated elderly man on your road? What is it for the person you know who's really anxious about their health or how they're going to heat their home this winter? What is good news and how do we bring it? The good news is that, and Andrew said this two weeks ago, that wherever Jesus goes, things change. Jesus never walked through a situation and it was the same after he went in. And it should be the same for us. And this has been a great driving force of my life personally. Why does the world not look different after I've walked through it. If Jesus were here, this person would be healed. If Jesus were here, this situation would be changed. And I am his body here on earth. Come on, Lord, help me to figure out how we bring kingdom change to this situation. The truth is that lots of us feel really intimidated when I say this and possibly condemned. And this is not what I'm saying at all because it feels like, whew, that's a lot. We feel, I can't do that. Oh, I'm actually quite shy. I don't know what to say. I don't have that spiritual gift. I'm really busy. I'm exhausted. My life's a bit much. All of these things 
feel like I can't do these things. But we're going to have to do our best not to listen to these voices in our heads because here is the actual truth. You are filled with the Spirit of God. And like Jesus, you are anointed to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, and to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Do you know how many people don't know that this is the year of the Lord's favor? They still believe it's the year of the Lord's judgment or something. It's not. This is our mission to get out there and say, no, Jesus has died and this is the year of the Lord's favor. That you and me are anointed with the Spirit so that we can do this. Jesus promised that he would not leave us as orphans, but that he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us and remind us of all he taught so that we can be effective in the world you already have what it takes. The point is that he's created you as you, unique in personality and gifts and interests and passions. And he says, I want to use you to bring the good news of my kingdom to a world desperate for it. Just come and be yourself and partner with me to show others my beauty and my goodness. Already in this beautiful body of Christ, I've been hearing stories today about what people are doing and it's so unique to each one. So I heard a story at the back here of my friend Mandy going to someone who's struggling with addiction and homelessness and saying, here's a sandwich and a cup of tea. Mandy's uniquely positioned to do that in a way that I'm not. And it's really touched my heart. I had a chat with Claude, who's in um, Turnham Estate, which is where I would love to be, but I'm a middle-aged white lady. It's not my place. I mean, maybe I'll be able to do something in there, but Claude's positioned in there because he knows the history and the people and the culture. God's put him there. He's doing family therapy and amazing things. Um, Sarah's in a school. I tried teaching. I had to stop, yeah? But she's positioned there to bring the kingdom. Uh, we, each of you is in the right place to bring God's kingdom where you are. And you really just have to be you. And it's gonna look different for you from the way it looks for me. We are distinct but equally valuable members of the body of Christ. Hebrews says, run with endurance the race set before you. So praise the Lord, my race is different from your race. Okay, you get to run it in your way, but run it, okay? How do we find what our race is? How do we know where we're going? How do we get to hear what God's saying? So let's look again at this Moses story. How does he figure out what he's meant to do? Well, I, just a side note that the story of Moses, which we didn't read today, begins with his childhood. And various events happened to put Moses in the right place at the right time to do the stuff that God had had him to do. And actually God turned a lot of trauma, um, you know, being separated from his mother, being brought up in a foreign culture. God used that, restored it for his good. So can you think back to your childhood passions and dreams? It's not unlikely that some of those things that kind of made your heart come alive when you were a little person are things that God's put in you for now. So my own example is um, I uh, read a lot about, I was Canadian, right? Well, still am, I suppose. Um, I read a lot about the Underground Railroad as a child, you know, that brought slaves from America into freedom in Canada. And I read about Harriet Tubman, and she was like, wow, 
what a hero. And uh, that was a thing in my heart from a, from a young age. And then as a, an old person, I um, ended up being, becoming really passionate about modern slavery and then opening a home for girls and women who'd been trafficked. And, and when I looked back, I was like, wow, the things that God put in my heart all those years ago, he used as a foundation to actually do something with me. So that's just something if you're stuck about what is my purpose. Think back to what made you excited when you were five and six years old. What was God doing in your heart? It won't look exactly the same, but he will have been laying a foundation. The next thing from, that we see from the story of Moses is that he had his eyes open to the world around him. In Exodus 2.11, it says, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his people were and he watched them at their hard labor, okay? Moses is looking outside himself. He could have stayed in the palace and been fanned and fed grapes by a servant, I imagine, but he didn't. He got out and he went to where people were. And we, in our quite comfortable Western culture here, it's a huge temptation, isn't it, to, be, to live insular lives, to stay in our comfortable houses and see our same comfortable friends and book, book holidays and generally have a nice life. All good things. Please see your friends and book holidays. But we are called to so much more than this when we follow Jesus. We're called to see the world and not to turn away from our own flesh and blood. We're called to bring good news, to go that second mile and to lay down our lives so that others may find it. I already had um, James and Juliana in my talk. <laughs> but thank you for sharing, Juliana. It's so moving. And what... Um, what Juliana's done, and James and, and Esther and Sarah as well, is something really sacrificial. They have um, gone through a hard thing in order to see restoration in the life of someone else. Um, and it's beautiful. <laughs> but they saw the needs of children in care, and they said, we're going to do something about that. Yeah. Um, Moses saw the suffering of the people around him and he did not turn away. He took action. And what we see, first of all, is that he took action in his own strength, using his own ideas of how to solve the problem. And he had quite a good idea, which was kill the oppressor, because that is actually logical. Uh, however, <laughs> we see his own righteous anger against injustice misapplied. And it actually solved nothing. But God is so kind to Moses even though he kills a guy. And do you know, I think it's because he sees his heart and he thinks I can work with this. I can work with a person who sees suffering and takes some action. And so he takes him into the desert where he looks after sheep and he begins to teach him the character and the skills that he's going to need later to lead a million plus people through the wilderness. You see what God does? He doesn't say, oh, you've screwed up. He says, all right, I can work with this. And he turns him into Moses who leads the slaves out of Egypt. Here's God's heart. Oh, no, I want to say, Moses had caught something of the heart of God. That anger and injustice against oppression, that was God's heart. And this is what God needs on the earth. People who have his heart and can give it away. Before your skill and intelligence and plans, good as they are, I think God is longing for people who have experienced his great love 
and cannot help but sacrificially give it away to a broken and hurting world. We've got to grab his heart and we've got to be able to give it away. Here's his heart in Exodus 3, 7 to 9. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. Do you know what? I've not got any more pages of my talk. Huh, fascinating. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. I don't know. They might be in my bag. They might just not have printed. It doesn't matter. So the point is that God has seen and heard the suffering of people. God is not impervious to what's going on here. And then in verse 8, he says, I have come down to rescue them. And do you know how he does it? He says, now I'm sending you. This is his whole answer. <laughs> I have come down and now I'm sending you. And the joy is that where he's sending you is different from where he's sending me. And the things he's going to do with you is different from what he's going to do with me. But he's sending us all to go. How do we figure out what we're doing? Well, we need to create some space in our lives just to hear God. Not easily done. Because we're busy. I'm really preaching to myself here. But... We need to create that space to say, Lord, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? I recently did um, a week of um, sort of contemplative Ignatian prayer where I had to give 30 minutes of silence every morning. Do you know how hard that is for me? <laughs> but do you know what? When I gave God that time, he spoke to me so powerfully. And the lesson was, if you give him a little time, <laughs> he comes, yeah? Um, and how, how do we hear him? How do we know what we're meant to do? I think the childhood thing that I just spoke about is really important. The deep burning of your heart, what do you see? Just like Moses, what do you see in the world? Do you see young men who can't escape the pressures of gangs in their neighborhood? Do you see addicted people, whether they're on the street or in office blocks? Do you see single moms? What, what, what do you see? And I think when we see those things, then we, we know how to go forward. Um, how does God speak to you? So cause, where's cause? Oh, all the way at the back. Beautiful word from God this morning, which actually said a lot of the things that I want to say this morning. I don't know how you got that cause, but this is just a, a beautiful example of as we open up to the Holy Spirit, he puts his thoughts in our thoughts. I'm imagining cause that you didn't hear a, an audible booming voice or anything. But suddenly, the thoughts of God come in to his thoughts and he's able to share them with us in a, in a really powerful way. What he also had there was scripture. So God speaks to us on the pages of scripture. As we're in the Bible, I'm sure you've all experienced this, certain bits jump out and you're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm meant to be. This is what God's saying to me now, yeah? Um, 
he speaks to us through pictures. So you might have an image in your imagination. Do you know our imaginations are one of the ways in which we're made in God's image? We, we sometimes think of imagination as a, as a wrong thing or a bad thing, but actually it's a gift from God. And with the Holy Spirit, he can give us pictures and, and help us to see and imagine the world looking different than it does. Um, he speaks to us through dreams. I'm not a dreamer. Do any of you dreamers? Yeah, okay. So God speaks to us, some of us through dreams, which is great. Um, he speaks to us through other people, through prophetic words. He speaks to us through um, nature and the things that we observe. You know, there might be a message that goes on a, by on a bus that is just the right thing for you. Yeah? I remember one time, you know those, um, on the, sometimes on the walls of pubs it says, take courage, which is about some alcohol, isn't it? I don't know. But a couple, more than once in my life, I was like, oh, that is the Lord speaking to me right now. That is what I need to hear in my situation, yeah? So he's all around. And, and, and I've heard sometimes people say that God goes silent. I don't actually believe that's true. I think it's a bit like radio waves or TV waves that are just everywhere. How do we tune into them? How do we tune our radio so that we're receiving what he's saying? Because he is speaking. And the beautiful thing is he speaks to you in a different way than he'll speak to me. He's very personal. He knows you, sees you, hears you, and he's going to speak to you in just the right way for you, yeah? Um, so this is a call for all of us to say, Lord, what do you want me doing? And it might be a big picture thing. It might just be, oh dear, it might just be, Lord, what am I meant to be doing this week? What do you want me to do this afternoon? I've got three hours what do you want me to do with it? Yeah. Um, and instead of going just to our normal turn on the TV or whatever we do, Lord, what, what, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, so I'd like us to stand up. And we're just going to have a little, uh, oh, a little bit of time of um, waiting on the Spirit. And the point of this, the, the, the waiting on the Spirit is just to give ourselves a little bit of silence and to tune in and just to say, Lord, what is it you want to say to me? What's my part? What's my purpose? Whether it's a big thing or a small thing. You might want to open up your hands and say, Lord, I want to receive from you. I want to hear what you're saying to me. just really feel like he's saying that there's no condemnation. And I feel instead that he's wanting to draw our hearts to an exciting adventure with him. And if you're a person who doesn't really have a relationship with Jesus yet, I just feel like he's saying, come and find your purpose in me. Come and find what exciting adventure I've got for you.
just like the voice of the Father spoke over Jesus when he was bat being baptized. Before he'd done anything of his purpose, the Father said, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. I feel like he's speaking that over us now. You're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. You're my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is the position we're starting from, beloved sons and daughters. And invite people up to receive prayer. I know some of you will need to go now and pick up your kids, and that's fine. But I'd like to invite you up if you're a person who just struggles to hear what God's saying, or you think God doesn't speak to me, and just let him come. If that's you, come on up, and there'll be people here who can pray with you. Um, I'd like you to come up if you have been searching for a long time to find out what your place is in the body, or if you have a sense of not belonging. Just come on up. If you um, have some things in your belly that are burning as a passion or even an anger, just come up and ask God, how do I use this? How do you use this? And if you're someone who's had something for a long time, but you're just like, you've been really disappointed as you've tried various things, would you just come up as well? And if you're someone, um, just like Ben was sharing about last week, who just still struggles with feeling in insignificant, or you have some of those lies of, I can't do this, that's for someone else, just come on up. You could, if I could have um, prayers come up as well. Yeah, just push through the rows. There's nothing special about the front it's just space literally space so come on up find a space I also think uh, those of you who know what you're called to do you feel really sure and you need a fresh anointing because anointing is authority um, would love to pray for you if you know quite specifically you've got something very specific that God has spoken to you about I believe God wants to anoint you afresh this morning by his spirit so those of us um, just waiting staying in the rows Johan's going to be singing we're going to continue worshipping for a bit uh, there is space and time. I really um, encourage you to, yeah, just come, come forward. I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to use um, this message for man to equip us and anoint us afresh. I think there's more people who God has been speaking to. Please just come forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those who are waiting, just open your hands. Thank you, Father. 